sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Today was the first day of the return of the SWAT meetups. Uh, Doug, how's yeah, it going today? Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah. Uh, it was good to get back in the saddle uh, in the fall. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, Taylor, that uh, it's starting to get darker a little earlier outside. Mm, yeah. About time for uh, falling back, right? Uh, it's coming up. The time change ought to be coming up. Uh, I think next month, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh you know, uh, it was a good review, and this week and next week we're reviewing on-air uh, Acts since we're going to get into next week at the SWAP meetings. We'll pick up in Acts chapter 8. Uh, and so we just did a review of um, chapters 1 through 7 and uh, just encouraging to go back and see what Luke wrote uh, or God, you know, through Luke wrote about his people and how they continued to uh, – do the work that um, that Christ did, and uh, when Luke wrote the first gospel, that's what it was all about. But anyway, it's uh, it, it was good, good to see the guys, and uh, I wanted to let our listeners know if if they're listening right now, and maybe they may not be on later tomorrow. We are going to have Leo Wisniewski. Uh, as our guest and leo is a great guy he has been a guest on here several times before uh leo was a standout uh football player at uh penn state and um he was an nfl player and he's going to be on tomorrow to talk uh, with us about uh, our friend tunch ilkin uh, Leo was really close to Tunch, and they did a lot of ministry together. In fact, uh, Leo invited me up to speak at a breakfast where he introduced me to um, to uh, Tunch, and Tunch just passed away from uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And um, anyway, um, Leo was a great guy. He got drafted in the second round back in 1982. That's a big deal as a lineman, right? I yeah. mean, back then to get drafted that quick uh and um he uh spent uh well he got drafted by the colts the baltimore colts and um and uh then ended up uh his brother steve uh was uh also an all-american at penn state and played with the raiders and his son stefan played for the jags then the chiefs and um just a football family, but, man, a lot of good ministry. Leo is doing a great ministry up there. We'll get him to share about his men's ministry, how God's kind of um, got him doing a lot of stuff. And uh, then remembering Tunch, which uh, Tunch left a neat legacy, and I think it'll be encouraging. So good time to listen in. If you like football, even if you don't, if you just uh, want to hear about a neat neat ministry, up in the uh, Pittsburgh area, and then the the life of Tunch Oaken, who used to challenge people to think about their legacy. So we're just going to remember him tomorrow. Awesome. Uh, um, 
In the news today, uh, usually we take the first segment, we kind of talk about things going on in the news. Um, you know, I am uh, continue to just be, you know, there's professors resigning different mm-hmm. places over the whole woke thing. Yeah, I think uh, uh, James, James Lindsay, who um, was part of that Bodie Bauckham controversy or whatever, he's a, a, a professor who... Uh, has kind of come out against what's going on in the universities. I think I saw that he resigned today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's... Well, know, there's a lot of that going on. And, and, you know, our kids are being indoctrinated, too. And, you know, that's what um, we have to be careful of as parents and remember that, you know, the the the, the, the liberal politicians, people who are for a progressive communist socialistic agenda um promote critical race theory which teaches children that america's evil as a whole it identifies groups into two groups of people oppressors or victims which is not a biblical concept um and it's based on the color of skin uh but these same people are also using the schools to promote gender fluidity which um uh, basically encourages um, kids to change their gender. And this is alarming at the rate that it's happening right now. Yeah, and it's uh, particularly, um, uh, uh, you know, ramping up in teenage girls. Uh, That's where you're seeing the most uh, cases of this, whereas in the past it's always been a case of, you know, grown men kind of who have it. So it's a different set of people who are being affected and the reason why, um, you know, is, is different as well. Well, and I mean, uh, you know, parents, you have, you have the right to speak up about your children. Yeah. And that's another thing is that the, uh, the schools are saying, Hey, you know, we're going to call this person, you know, a f- opposite gender name, unless we're in the, in the vicinity of the parents, then we're going to call them their birth name and, and are trying to hide uh, yeah, different transitions that they're, they're trying to promote in the children. Yeah, and it's and and as parents, you need to be talking to your kids, finding out what's going on, you know, talking to them, especially if they're younger. You know, the younger kids will will mm-hmm. talk and find out and because then they're not waiting. They're doing this in kindergarten. I know. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And so we you know, we have responsibility as parents to uh, train our children in the ways of the Lord. And uh Gender fluidity is not a biblical concept. It's not the way of the Lord. It's the way of the world. And um, homosexuality, lesbianism, is not the way of the Lord. It's the way of the world. And as parents, we need to address that in a loving way, not not to bully those people that buy into that ideology, but but to teach our kids this is not God's way. God never intended it this way. He never promoted it that way. That is man's agenda. That's man's tower of Babel to be in control of his own domain. And, you know, everything from, it's just so funny. I'm seeing it played out across the board now, Taylor. Even in people, uh, young, what I would call young adults, who their reality is what they say it is, which is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, this never would have happened 30 years ago. People would have looked at you like, you're, what do you mean that's my reality? There's one reality. Yeah. 
but but now people feel like they can define their own reality and in a lot of cases the government is actually affirming that and it's just wrong and so as believers we have a responsibility to speak truth to that and we're not responsible for what people do with that once we speak it but we are responsible to not only speak it but to groan do you know over in ezekiel uh, I don't know exactly where. I think it's maybe eight, uh, chapter seven or eight. But God sends an angel to go wipe out people that don't have a mark on their head. Mm. And the mark on the head in that chapter is of people who are moaning over the disobedience to God. Have you ever read that? Mm-mm. All right, I'm going to read it for you because I, I think it's really insightful Because so many people stick their head in their sand and they go, well, I'm not buying into it, and so I don't have to worry about it. It's not even just buying into it. It's grieving over what's happening in our culture. And, um, you know, uh, it's it's the the day of the wrath. Let's see. Uh, It's in, in chapter 9 of Ezekiel. And listen to this. I'm just going to read it real quick. we got a little time. Ezekiel chapter 9. Now the glory of God, verse 3, Now the glory of the God of Israel had gone up from the cherub on which it rested to the threshold of the house. He called to the man clothed in linen who had the writing case at his waist. And the Lord said to him, Pass through the city and Jerusalem, the city, the the city through Jerusalem, and put a mark on the forehead of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations that are committed in it. And to the others, he said in my hearing, pass through the city after him and strike. Your eyes shall not spare, and you shall show no pity. Kill old men outright, young men and maidens, little children and women, but touch no one on whom is the mark. Mm. Now, now, you know, when you think about the mark of the beast, that's one thing. This is the mark of righteousness that he's telling them to put on there. And it's not, it's, it's not your righteousness. It's the fact that God had grieved your heart. You grieve over the things that grieve God's heart. And I think sometimes we take a very, very, loose view of sin we take a Mm. loose view of what's going on in our world oh it's their right you know they can do whatever they want that's true but it grieves the heart of god when he go people go against god's design it grieves the heart of god when god created us for one thing and we choose in rebellion to do another and and i don't think we talk enough about that because we're so afraid of being seen as unloving that we propagate falsehood we propagate uh false reality yeah and and that's wrong believers if you're listening and you're a believer that is wrong you don't perpetuate a lie that that takes part in their illusion Mm -hmm. or their delusion whatever you want to call it so anyway i just thought that was instructive from ezekiel i read that this morning that was good That was good. We are up against the break. Those will stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. 
You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos That is Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth and going along with the Giving uh, give me your eyes uh, theme there. Uh, Doug read from Ezekiel 9 and really talking about uh, God putting a mark on everyone whose heart was grieved by what grieved God's heart and that the rest really just uh, do away with them. And right after uh, really the next verse, um, after what Doug read, he says, and begin at my sanctuary. And that to me was just kind of impactful that, it, you know, the the, the troubling uh you know, the, the sins of Israel had gotten so great that even down to the sanctuary, that's where they had to start and start the cleansing from there. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, in fact, and then he goes on to say, the guilt of the house of Israel is exceedingly great. The land is full of blood and the city full of injustice. And, I mean, I, to me, that really speaks to where it seems our country's at, especially with well, almost 50 years of allowing abortion uh, in the land. And I know what happened in Texas was... Uh, a good victory, uh, kind of one of the first blows to it, but that's still, that's kind of hit me deep. Yeah. There. And a lot of people, in fact, uh, people, I've been surprised at, at some of the, the responses to that by believers mm. because there, you know, there's been this, um, uh, Brad, I was talking to Brad and he was talking about a book where this, uh, writer writes about the deconstruction of the Christian faith and mm. how, a lot of young people are having their faith deconstructed through guys like Alexander McLaren and yeah. Rob Bell. And, you know, the, this uh, this thing with Texas is surfacing a lot of stuff. People make a big deal and say, well, all these people care about abortion, but, you know, they don't care about orphans, which is really a false are, people do care about orphans. Yeah, I mean they they care about orphans. It's a uh, mix uh, misdirect that you know is 
designed to call in to question your character, really. That's yeah. that's what it is. And they're saying, in effect, that we actually care about the orphans because we want to kill them before the, you know, before they have the chance well, to be orphans. Well, like, you know, uh, people are posting stuff on social media about pro-choice doesn't mean pro-abortion. These are professing believers. I'm not mm. talking about world people, mm. people who would say, I don't believe in God. I'm talking about people that would say they love God say that pro-choice means no matter what your personal feelings or belief, you understand it's not your place to make a decision for a woman about what she can and can't do with her body. But we make those decisions every day. It's illegal for you to do drugs into your body. It's illegal for you to do certain drugs into your body. It's illegal for you to do a lot of stuff. You can't stand on a street corner and go naked. I mean, you'll get arrested for that. Why? Because there are there are there's standards in our culture that our culture says no, this is valuable. And what's happened with the abortion thing is people have said no, life is not valuable. Uh, 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 you know, it's not valuable. It's more important that I have my freedom than the consequences of uh, premarital uh, sex. Yeah, and you know it's funny too. They say no one's telling the woman what she can or can't do with her body. We're telling her that she can't murder another human being that's in the womb right in yeah. that that is you know it, it's a way to deny personhood to someone that has the dna of a human and is a human um and the fact that the church is uh you know mimicking some of the things i saw a uh, headline uh that there were pro-abortion churches in texas that were vowing to take on the state's new pro-life law and they said they needed to take back uh god from the religious right you know, and that the church is getting polarized in that way. First off, that it's, you know, right and left, but also mm-hmm. that there's churches that are, that think that it's okay to sacrifice your children to the fires of a Moloch, right? I mean, it's yeah. just. It's well, have you ever heard of a guy named David Barnhart by chance? Mm, uh, I I, he, so. he is a, a professing Christian pastor who said that the unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for. <laughs> Uh, he's talking to believers. He says, you can love the unborn and advocate for them without challenging your own wealth, your own power or privilege, without reimagining social structures, structures, apologizing or making reparations. They are in short, short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus, but dislike people who breathe. This is what he says, right? Um uh, Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they get thrown on the bus for unborn, which is not true. Yeah, that's that's a disingenuous statement. And, and another thing about that is it's ins- what he means by advocating for those groups isn't – it means that you follow these policies that we want to see put in place. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, it's not really about caring for them. It's about following an agenda, um, and it's just yeah, – it's – that I don't, there's no place for that in the church, you know. This, yeah, I I I think it's just uh, it it's just sad. And you know, when you look at Acts, the book that we're studying this week, and and really for the rest of uh, our time until the end, end of the year, we're we're going to be looking at how God moves through His people. And you know, um, can can you see? Um, I, I just I, I I can't even bring myself to say these things. I was going to try to do something with Peter and Paul and say them advocating for these positions, mm. 
Uh, well, I, I will. I'll just say, um, can you see Peter saying, you know, I'm I I really want to advocate for, let's say, Lindsay, who realizes she is in no way financially, emotionally, or physically able to raise a child. So therefore, I I affirm her right to abort that baby. Could you see Peter or Paul doing that ever? No. Yet this yeah. came out of the mouth of a professing believer who is not only professing but putting this stuff out there. And you know what? He he also is saying, oh, you're selfish by only talking about the unborn when there's all these other people to help. And then what his what he indicates by how he talks is what he wants to be done is the government to take control and help these people. So him not actually having to do anything. Whereas with, with I would think, you know, Paul and Peter, what they would say well, give the child to me, you know, don't kill it. I, I'll take it um, because that just seems more like in line with the Christian position than to say, oh, yeah, well, you know, just just get rid of it then. Well, uh, uh, our friend Omar Hamada out of Nashville had a great quote that I, I just, you know, Omar, his, uh, because he's a doctor uh, and he was in Afghanistan, he's mm-hmm. been interviewed several times lately, but he had a quote uh, uh, today that uh, I thought was worth mentioning. One area the church seems to struggle the most is at the intersection of the gospel and the world. Mm. So many want to concede to the world's demands, thinking they are being loving, while they are really simply compromising the truth. We were never called to concede to the world and justify and rationalize evil. We were called to spread the gospel and make disciples. And that's what they did in Acts. That's what we're looking at. The disciples didn't compromise when they were told, no, don't do this or you're going to go to jail. They did it anyway. When they were told, don't do this or you're going to be beaten, they did it anyway. They said, listen, we don't listen to men. We listen to God over men. And so as we go back and really take a look at Acts today, um, we're jumping back in. We covered Acts 1 and 2 yesterday. And we're going to look at Acts 3. And just as a quick reminder, the theme, I hope that you'll get this. Throughout the book of Acts, we're going to be saying this a lot. The theme of all preaching in Acts is the risen Christ. Peter's messages, Paul's messages, it's the risen Christ. Stephen's message, the risen Christ. Jesus is the Savior of the world. And nobody is beyond his embrace or his his ability to change. Now, I know when we look at people here on earth and our earthly eyes, mm-hmm. a lot of times we think they're beyond that. But Paul is the, is the perfect example from mm-hmm. Scripture of somebody who was not beyond that. And God used him to not only be a witness, but to give us writings that we still are heavily influenced today in the church and, and moved by. And so as we're looking at Acts chapter 3, uh, we went through Acts 2 and the birth of the church, and we were talking about it yesterday and the significance of 3,000 people being baptized. And if you've never connected that to Exodus chapter twenty or thirty-two twenty-eight, just think about this. Both, both events, Exodus 32... Um, Moses received the law, and it was about the time of Pentecost. And when he received the law, the children of Israel uh, were engaged in idolatry, and 3,000 were slain. 
And now here in Acts chapter 2, uh, the Spirit comes and 3,000 people are made alive in Christ. They're reborn. There's new life. So there's death with the law. There's life with the Spirit. And uh, Luke brings that out very clearly. You know, when I was sharing with the guys at SWAT today, do you think Moses had his priests count all the dead bodies? He might have it and say they did that. Do you think Peter and James and John counted all the baptisms? Like, okay, one. Oh, shoot. Now we got to go back. That was 58. <laughs> and no. But through the power of the Holy Spirit and the inspiration of the Spirit, there was 3,000 men who were killed in Exodus 32 and 3,000 men who were made alive in Christ in uh, Acts chapter 2 and baptized. And so uh, God's tying those two things together. One, the law brings death. Two, the Spirit brings life. And now we're into a new part of God's plan where the church is born and Peter and John, when they go around walking now, they go carrying the Spirit of Christ with them. And they healed a guy. And when we come back from the news break on the half hour, we're going to look at how that actually happened, what happened with it, why it was significant. And, uh, you know, it, it was it was not just a, a, uh, a spur-of-the-moment thing. God had planned this. And an interesting side note, about this healing how many how many years had the guy been there acts chapter three um, he had been lame from birth right mm-hmm. and um if you go down you know some of these yet you, ha- you have to read but um the people that were upset this guy had been lame for birth and it was somewhere around 40 years all right, right around 40 years. And when we come back, I, I want to pick up on that and, and talk about this guy who was healed and why it's significant for Peter and John to be involved with this healing. All right, so stick with us. We are up against the news break, but we will be back with more after the news. I'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online wherever you are in the country or the world. And we'd like to give a shout-out to our local listeners as well. 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Radio. That was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts. We're doing a quick review of Acts, well, two-week-long review. I guess yeah, it's not that it's quick. It's not a quick. Yeah, of Acts 1 through 7, uh, because that is where uh, what we were looking at before we came to the summer break. And so now we're getting back in, getting a little refresher so that we can jump into uh, Chapter 8 here in about a week, uh, two weeks. So 
that is where we're at. If you missed any of that and would like to go back and listen, you can do so at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. And click on the past programs link. There you'll be able to find our full catalog of past programs as well as this one here in just about an hour. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And, uh, you know, Taylor, we're, we're in Chapter 3. And um, in Chapter 3, it just says a man lame from birth. But if you go over to chapter four, as you pointed out in the break, it's in 422, where it says, for the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. He was more than 40, right? Yeah. So how long had it been since Jesus had uh, been crucified and resurrected? Uh, Just a rough guess. 40 days, right? Yeah, I mean, like like a few weeks yeah. maybe, you mm-hmm. know, um, maybe a month, a couple of months. So if the man was 40 and he had been at the temple, do you think Jesus ever walked by that guy when he was going to the temple to do the feast? Yeah, probably. And he didn't heal him. He probably didn't ask either, huh? Nope. Yeah. He didn't ask here. Yeah. And the thing is that Jesus who walked by this guy if he'd been there since, you know, 40 years, since birth, they would bring him up there to be healed. We know Jesus went there multiple times. Who knows how many times? Even if you just started when he was 30, three times, he at three years, three times a year. So at least 10 times he walked by him mm. and didn't heal him. And, you know, sometimes we get really upset because... We, we pray, we pray, we pray. This guy had been there 40 years. And even when Peter walked by, he didn't ask to be healed. He asked for money. Yeah. And um, so uh, I, I look at this, and there's a lot of truths in this passage that are applicable to us that, um, you know, God is sovereign, and when he... Um, wants to move in a life he can irregardless of even if you're asking in fact that one of the significant things about peter and john is they were going up there just going about their business going to pray and when they came across the guy he didn't ask them to be healed he asked them for money and if you go look in uh, john chapter five when jesus was going to the temple there was a guy there who was 38 years old And that guy, Jesus said, hey, do you want to be healed? And the guy didn't go, sure, I would love to be healed. Would you do that right now? Messiah? He didn't say that. What did he say? Uh, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool where the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Do we ever do that with God? You know, God brings an opportunity to us. Mm -hmm. And we look at the reasons why it can't happen. Yeah. Instead of stepping forward in faith. And and the disciples here in chapter 3 of Acts are doing what their master did. They're going and they see an opportunity and they speak into that opportunity and they see a life change forever. How cool is that? I mean, can you imagine if if you were able to change a life that had been, man had been lame for 40 years yeah 
That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And and yet it costs them because right after that, Peter sees an opportunity to share the gospel, and as he shares, it really makes the leaders irate. So much so that they arrest him, and and that's what we see in chapter four. And we're really going to get into four. Uh, well, we can go ahead and get into it today. So what happens is they were. Um, as they as they were arrested, the the priest and the the Sadducees they all got upset because they were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And remember, that's the theme: Jesus is resurrected because he's resurrected. We don't have to fear death. The Sadducees, if you remember, didn't believe in the resurrection, mm-hmm. and so they were all upset. And they arrested them, put them in custody, and then. Uh, but it says, but many of those who had heard the word believed they were having an impact. And it said the number of men came to about 5,000. So 3,000 back in chapter two, now we're in chapter four, 5,000 people believed that's 8,000 people in the church. That's a lot of people that come in the church pretty quickly. They didn't have a logistical plan in place for that. And so that created problems. But I want to go back to what was going on before we get into the problems that that created is the leaders called them off in front of them and said, listen, you got to stop. you got to stop teaching about this Jesus. you got to stop this. And uh, they say, by what power or name did you do this? In other words, under whose authority are you out te- telling people this? And it says, Peter, filled with the Spirit, said to them, Listen, if we're just being examined concerning a good deed by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. There it is, the theme again. That is the theme of Acts, that Jesus crucified, raised from the dead by his power, this man is standing before you well. In other words, it's because of Jesus. They didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, and I would imagine it was a little barb there uh, when he says, uh, whom you crucified. Yes. You know, because remember, go back, they said, let basically let his blood be on us and our children's head. Well, just to make that point clear in verse 11 of chapter 4, uh, Peter said, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. In other words, you're supposed to be building up the vehicle through which God's blessing the world. And instead, you've rejected the cornerstone, the very the basis of it all. And there's no salvation, and there's salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I want to say that again, because there's people today that think there's many ways to God. 60% of people who call themselves Christians from the ages of 18 to 38 think that. There may be many ways, but they all have to go through Jesus. I mean, you, you know, you may start off as a Buddhist. You may start off mm-hmm. as a, a Muslim. You may start off as a, a, I don't know, a pagan, an atheist. But you got to go through Jesus, and that's mm-hmm. what he says. I'm going to read it, verse 12 of chapter 4. There is salvation in no one else. There's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So if you try to go beyond that, you might as well just chuck your Bible because 
you're going against what God says in his word. And then they go on in verse 13. It says, when the leaders saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Key phrase there. They recognized that they had been with Jesus. When people see you, do they recognize somebody who's been with Jesus? Or they just recognize somebody who talks about Jesus. There's a difference between talking about him and being with him. You can be with him. And when you are with him, he comes out of you. Yeah. He overflows. Mm -hmm. If you just talk about him pretty soon, it's going to wear thin for you. If he's not the one coming through you, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Just you talking about flow that being uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, and I guess you were talking about that in contrast that that to people talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit and one covers the outside, right? And the other covers the inner inside and flows out through it. And so people who, you know, uh, aren't really filled with the Holy Spirit, sometimes that veneer, once you get past it, you start to see what's really deep down. Yeah. And the, the thing is that, um, when it means to be filled, we talked a little bit about this yesterday. Being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean that you think everything's great and you're floaty mm. and, and real, you know, just superficially happy about stuff. Being filled with the Spirit means that you are under the control of the Holy Spirit in your life, that you are yielded to the Spirit's control in your life. That's what that means. So, Yeah, and, and what that looks like is, you know, going to look different to everybody in, in the situation, I guess, uh, that they're in. But when I hear that, I think of, you know, uh, I guess being filled with, uh, courage, right. Yeah. Uh, rock Kazak. And that's what I kind of <laughs> think of being filled with the spirit. Only that, be strong. Yeah. And, and, uh, Amat's courageous in that regardless of what situation you're in, that that is what's going to come out. And that's because of the power of the Holy spirit and the peace that comes with that. Well, um, I just, um, as, as we, we kind of look at um, the rest of four, uh, we see the believers, at, what they say to them is they say, listen, um, whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people, for they were all praising God for what happened. For the man of whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. So you got all these people, you know, watching what's going on, and it was so um, captivating that they couldn't they couldn't do anything with them. They, they, even though they wanted to hurt them, they couldn't. Yeah. And, and so the next thing that happens after that, is that Peter and John and the believers pray for more boldness. Isn't that crazy? They just had a victory of boldness, and they're asking God for more boldness. Yeah, and I kind of wonder how much of that, you know, obviously is you, you experience it, and so you want that more, but also the realization of they, want, they were coming after them. They wanted to get them, and so, you know, especially the other believers who are probably like, oh, I got to pray for that boldness because they're going to be coming for me just the same way that they came for Peter and John and Jesus before that. You know? Well, and they did not uh, rest on their past successes. Yeah. And yeah. that's a big thing that we struggle with a lot mm -hmm. of times. We, When we have a victory like they experienced, yeah. 
we tend to go, okay, I can take my pack off now. And they said, no, make us more bold. Right, right. And they, they had the victory, and not that it's not appreciated, but realized that more boldness was going to be needed. So um, we are up against the break. We'll be back with more after the break. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks uh, to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? That is Nobody by Casting Crowns. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts. Uh, We're doing a review of Acts 1 through 7. This week and next week, we'll be looking uh, through that to get us ready to go into Acts chapter 8. This is just a little bit of a refresher since we have been on the summer break, and uh, we were looking at uh, Bodie Bacham's Fault Lines and uh, Wokeness and Christianity by Owen Strand. Uh, So this is just to get us back into... Uh, the word and where where we've been and it's going to we're going to be looking at acts through the end of the year uh, so we'll be here for quite some time so it's good to get uh, caught up and refreshed if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions please call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight again that's one eight four four triple seven SWAT or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com that's ask a s k at swatradio.com um. You know, Taylor, as we as we kind of finish up uh, chapter four, um, right at the end, what what was going on there? I want I want to go back to the fact that there were eight thousand believers that were new. That created an enormous uh, logistical challenge mm-hmm. for those that were there. But one of the things that they were experiencing was community. And so when they saw a need, they would want to meet that need. And it says at the end of chapter 4, the full number of those who believed, so it's talking about all of them, could have easily just said all the believers were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own. 
but they had everything in common. And with great power, they were giving testimony again to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't to the fact that everybody was sharing. The fact that everybody was sharing was because everybody believed in the resurrection of Christ and they believed he was Lord. And so it says there was not a needy person among them. For as many of were owners of lands or houses, sold them, brought the proceeds, and what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed uh, to each as he had need. And, and then we're introduced to Barnabas there. And it, it's just a beautiful picture of the body and the way the body is supposed to work, the body of Christ. And so, you know, one of the takeaways for us today is as we think about the body of Christ, do we see ourselves as unified? If not, Why? You know, why aren't we unified? Why aren't we um, willing to step up and help meet needs? Why is that? Um, You know, is it because our culture has grown a spirit of selfishness within the church? Uh, Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting question, especially you look at unity and think about the different, I mean, there's so many different denominations and, and things like that, and that's something that I've been, kind of wondering myself really the past uh, week or so, just what would it look like for the church to be reunited in, in, in one? Uh, so I, why it's happened, that's a, that's a good question, you know, and I think you could uh, do a deep dive on, you know, each of the different type of splits and, and that, those type of things. But I, I think, yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know. I, I maybe you've, you've thought about it a little bit more than me because I'm really, like I said, just starting to think about it. But um, I think part of it, obviously, is the sinfulness of the human heart and and really, like you said, uh, how our culture has become. But then to trace those lines even farther back and realize that uh, you know it's been going on for a while is something that makes me think a little bit of like, hmm, wonder. You know, w- I want to investigate that more. You know. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the. The bigger question is not necessarily to figure out why, but to call people to stop mm-hmm. allowing it to happen, to say, well, you know, and it starts. I know, I know churches now uh, are doing things like see a need, meet a need board. Yeah. Board, you know, mm-hmm. they have boards where they put that. That's a good way to get involved uh, in doing stuff. I, I just think that these people – I mean, when you read it, it says the full number were one heart and soul. No one said anything belonged to him. That is, an, uh, I think, an understanding that when Christ died for you, it pretty much um, just, it that, that took over the dominating uh, thought in your mind rather than your portfolio or your future. It was, oh, my gosh, I don't deserve this. He's done this. I just want to give, I just want to help people. Yeah. And I think too, you know, some people might say, oh yeah, that's a uh, proof that, you know, Christians should support communism. But I, I think <laughs> it, it was more like you're talking about. It was an understanding of their relationship to what they had and that it was all God's and, you know, grateful for what had been done for them and willing to uh, meet needs as God led them. And I think, you know, part of it, you know, talking about that, it, I think, there's obviously a community here, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that that in our society that is really 
lacking, and, and particularly in the church, of a, a real community that is tight-knit. Not, I'm not saying that. There are churches, obviously, that have that, but I think, uh, you know, that we got to do live life together, and, and it can't just be, you know, Sunday for an hour or so, you know, sitting next to somebody as uh, the pastor talks, right? You know, it's got to be. Getting ready for lunch, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to get really invested in one another's lives, and uh, otherwise, we're not going to see something like like this. I would I would think. Well, um, uh, again, uh, we we kind of finished up chapter four. We we're going to come back on Friday, and we'll talk a little bit about one through four again. Next week, we're going to look at it, chapters five, six, and seven. Um, and you know, on Thursday this week, we have uh, Leo Wisniewski again. Leo is uh, up in the Pittsburgh area. Um, he runs a great ministry up there called Locking Arms, and he was real close to uh, Tunch Elkin. And we're just going to have a conversation tomorrow about Tunch, and uh, we look forward to that. He has some great memories of him, and, and I, I really look forward to him sharing some of this stuff about Tunch is a guy who was an all-pro lineman had a great career got into broadcasting to continue having that but also got very involved in discipling men and helping men grow Mm. and he was the kind of guy that was praying for people all the time Mm. all the time and you would see a a lineman for the pittsburgh steelers and go i just can't picture that guy praying you know of Mm. course the jaguars and the the Pittsburgh Steelers had a thing going for a long time, but, <laughs> uh, but you know, it was really, uh, he had a great ministry and I look forward to hearing Leo share some of the stories uh, about him and Tunch and Tunch and others. And so I really encourage you to join us tomorrow. Um, and, uh, and then if you want to call in on Friday, we're, uh, we're going to be just kind of going back over one, two, three, and four, just in a general way, but would love to take your calls about things that uh, uh, Leo says tomorrow about Tunch or just about the text. You know, I think it's uh, an important reminder to just kind of lay out, again, the whole overarching um, unfolding of Acts, what it's about, that the Gospels preach to all peoples, keyword all peoples, two sinners are saved, in all people groups third con- the church continues to grow true followers are multiplying god's put on display believers suffer just like christ did they're rejected by the world and then the lord protects to fulfill his plan a lot of times people think well god's going to protect me he's going to protect me he may protect you if that's part of his plan right could be part of his plan that you're martyred, though. Like Stephen. Yeah. Exactly. There, there, I'm sure that in Afghanistan there have been a lot of people who have been martyred mm. in this past week mm-hmm. who were believers. They were simply killed because they loved Jesus. And if if there are people that survive that, it's because God's plan is to use them in some way, shape, or form. But God is the one who ultimately makes that call. And so um, I uh, hope you'll join us tomorrow and hope you'll join us on uh, Friday as we uh, as we delve back into this. And uh, 
And, you know, if you want to listen to any past program, you can go to SWATradio.com. And it, it might be, you might enjoy going back to listening to the program about Tunch. Mm-hmm. You can just go to search and put in T-U-N-C-H and listen to him share about his first wife he lost to cancer. And uh, he just talks about walking through that journey. Did and, uh, did he talk any about, like, you know, because he, he was an NFL athlete, and then he went into broadcasting, was losing his wife something that was a catalyst to him to get into ministry because of the way that he had been affected, or was that kind of in the works before that? It, no, I think it was in the it works. Was. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. just didn't know if that had an impact in that way because, you know, that is a, a uncommon route to go uh, mm-hmm. f- for sure. And, uh, you know, there are, you know, a number of, NFL players who do get into ministry, and I know one of them pretty well. Um, but it's, you do, yeah. yeah I, I, I think you you'd have a pretty special relationship. Yeah, right yeah. Now, right? um, but yeah, that's that's always awesome though uh, to see um, that God is using men and and speaking uh, to them and getting them, uh, you know, grabbing them, grabbing their hearts, and and especially to see in our culture who is kind of seen as the alpha manly man is is the you know an athlete and so to see that uh there are people who are you know that god speaks to the masculine spirit i think that's important to to remember because a lot of times that's something that's kind of neglected and forgotten and so it's always cool to hear stories about people who are that way and god gets a hold of them so but we are up against the end of the program. Yes, it's not a break anymore. No, it's not the a end break. of the it's program the today. Program. But tomorrow, Leo Wisniewski. Uh, join yeah. us for Locking Arms. Yes, make sure that you uh, tune in tomorrow as Leo Wisniewski and Doug talk about Tunch and also talk about uh, Locking Arms, which is the ministry that he runs up there. Uh, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio, and you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 